Well, hello and welcome to the Movie Paradise. I'm your host, Athena Mulnar, and this is Film Thoughts, which is a podcast I had done before in the past, and I'm bringing back now, you know, with the new year, uh, I want to be doing a little bit more content on the channel. We've gotten very comfortable doing the Movie Paradise show every single Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on YouTube, which, and the date of that might be changing, by the way, which I'll keep you guys updated on. But I wanted to be able to bring in some more weekly content. I wanted to get things started first with the Movie Paradise show, build up a system, build up a, a repetition with that, a routine, and once I felt like we really had a good handle on the graphics and the routine of all that, I wanted to bring in some new shows. Uh, ironically, these new shows are retreads of old shows we've done in the past. The first of which, which I've mentioned a couple of times, is Movie Night Tonight is coming back, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and I will say, I, I have yet to say what the uh, theme of the first month of January is going to be. But I will tell you now, the first theme that we will be covering on Movie Night Tonight is boxing movies. And the first film we'll be discussing is Rocky from 1976. Uh, we have a whole slew of great boxing movies that we're going to talk about. So keep your eyes open. We'll be recording that first episode. Uh, Rob and I, Rob Giginto, who of course is the co-host on the Movie Paradise show. The two of us, we're going to be doing Movie Night tonight going forward. We may have some other guests pop in every once in a while, but it's going to be mostly just us. Uh, we will be recording that first episode of Movie Night tonight very soon, and that should be up on the channel and up on various podcast websites shortly. So you'll want to keep your eyes open for that. But the other thing that I'm bringing back is what you're listening to right now, Film Thoughts. Which I've always, I've done different variations of Film Thoughts. Film Thoughts has never really been a set thing. It's always kind of evolved and changed. I did it for a little bit as just a regular podcast, which I'm kind of doing it as now. Um, I did it for a little bit as sort of the early beginnings of what became the Movie Paradise show. I called it Film Thoughts with Nathaniel Molnar, and I did it as a live stream in my dorm room at college. Uh, and then I kind of evolved and changed it into the Movie Paradise show. And then I was kind of looking at doing Film Thoughts as sort of like an in-depth film essay kind of thing. Uh, which sort of evolved and became what we do as our main topics on the Movie Paradise show. Because with the Movie Paradise show, we have a bunch of uh, movie news topics. We talk about some trailers. We do some movie reviews. And then there's a main topic that goes a little bit more in depth into an issue. And that's sort of what I was looking at doing for a period of time with Film Thoughts. And then it just kind of transitioned to being the main topic for the Movie Paradise show. So the question then became to me, I love the idea of Film Thoughts. And what can I do with Film Thoughts that I think would be interesting, that I think would be worthwhile, and would have substance. And I just sort of landed on doing a regular podcast where I just take a couple of things that's a little more informal, a little more casual, and I just take a couple of things that are on my mind in the world of film, and not necessarily specifically regulated entirely to film. Uh, as evidenced by today's topic, I'm going to be talking about The Mandalorian, which is obviously not a film or a movie. Uh, I just want to take some things and just kind of talk about it. You know, with the Movie Paradise show being later in the week, I like the idea of having a more relaxed podcast in the earlier beginning parts of the week. that I could talk about like some smaller topics that might not necessarily stick around to the end of the week when I would put together 
uh, all the show notes and everything for the Movie Paradise show. So, we're just going to be doing it a little bit more laid back today and going forward with Film Thoughts. And now that I got all that boring stuff out of the way, let's actually get into Film Thoughts. Uh, my first Film Thought is not about a film, as I mentioned before, and that is The Mandalorian. So, uh, The Mandalorian launched on Disney+, Plus. they did it week by week. Uh, I held off on getting Disney+, Plus for a little while. Um, I didn't get it when it launched, because my rationale was, there. I, I felt weird about spending money for a streaming service that was exclusively Disney content, because I think one of the strengths of streaming services in general is the diversity of their catalogs and content. You know, when you have Netflix, um, Netflix has such a wide variety of different content. You can watch City of God and you can watch Moana, you know? There's a there's a whole diversity in their catalog that really makes it unique and interesting and there's new things being added all the time. And it, it there's a there's a sense that with something like a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or an HBO, while they have their original content, which is also diverse in of itself, they're making a wide variety of different kinds of content, the stuff that's pre-existing that comes from other places on there comes from a whole variety of places. And that's what makes these streaming services so interesting to me, is there's so much diversity in content. And so it felt a little bit strange to spend money every single month to have a streaming service that was exclusively one studio and one kind of movie. Now, when Disney acquired uh, the Fox properties, they put some of the Fox properties up on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I think they'll be kind of working those in a little bit more. And of course, Disney has sort of a variety of content. They have Star Wars, they have Marvel, they have Pixar. So it's not necessarily like all one kind of thing, even though it's under the same larger umbrella of Disney. It, it does have a variety to it, but not to the same extent as something like a Netflix or an Amazon Prime or an HBO or Hulu or so on or so forth. So I felt a little bit strange about spending the money to get Disney Plus for one type of of streaming content, no matter how excited or interested I was in The Mandalorian, or when I heard great things about the Jeff Goldblum show, uh, there wasn't really enough there for me to go, you know what, I'm going to get it now. I always knew I was going to get Disney+. Plus. I mean, I was always interested in Mandalorian, and I wanted to see it, but if for nothing else, I was always going to get Disney+, Plus at some point, for the Marvel shows, because Kevin Feige has talked about how the... Disney Plus series that they will be doing, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, the WandaVision show, uh, they announced a whole bunch of other shows, the Moon Knight, uh, Miss Marvel, all the other shows that they have going on, They're, they will all start tying into the movies, which is a separate discussion of whether or not that's a good idea or a bad idea, but I always knew at some point I would be getting Disney Plus, if for nothing else other than that, and there is things on the streaming service I was interested in. But I did finally get around to getting Disney+. Plus. I wanted to wait until most of, if not all, of The Mandalorian was out so I could just binge it and I wasn't, you know, wasting a couple of months of $8.99 or however much Disney Plus is um, on a show that was dropping 30-minute increments once a week. 
Uh, so I just waited until it was all done so that I could binge it. So that really long preamble leads me into my thoughts on the Mandalorian show. Now, let me set the stage a little bit, and I just want to give a little bit of context for my thoughts on Star Wars at the moment, because I know the opinions of Star Wars in this new Disney era is rather polarizing. You have people on one end who are absolutely loving everything Disney's putting out. You have people on the other end who are absolutely hating everything Disney's putting out. You have people all along that spectrum in the middle of those two extremes. For me, I have generally liked all the movies that they've put out. Um, I think I have varying degrees of how much I've liked them, but I have given positive reviews and positive scores to every single movie that they have put out. Now, I think Solo is good. You know, it's nothing special. It's nothing great, but it's it's good. It's fine. I think Rogue One is the third best Star Wars movie ever made. So there's a there's sort of like a, a, a difference between um, all my thoughts on the different Star Wars movies that they put out. And while I think they've had their shortcomings, and while they kind of suffered from not having a set plan for the sequel trilogy, though I will argue they did not need a set plan for the trilogy. It just maybe would have benefited from having one. They have generally done a good job of putting out decent quality Star Wars content. And so when we heard, and when I heard specifically, that they were doing a live action Mandalorian show with this sort of Western feel being showrunned, is that the proper term? The showrunner is John Favreau. Uh, who, of course, did The Lion King and Jungle Book and Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and, you know, all that good stuff. Being led by Jon Favreau, being executive produced by Dave Filoni, who does a lot of the animated stuff for Star Wars. They were bringing in directors like Bryce Dallas Howard, like Taika Waititi, like um, Deborah Chow, who's going to be doing all of the Obi-Wan series, which I'm very interested in. Uh, Rick Famuyiwa, who did the... Uh, oh, what's that movie he did? Um... I'm completely blanking on the name of the movie he did, but his movie was really good. Uh, came out a few years ago. Uh, so, it seemed like they were assembling great talent. A lot of the actors they were bringing on board seemed really good. All the pictures I was hearing was good. And one of the benefits of them doing a week-by-week -week installment was I was consistently hearing all the praises or the criticisms of the show week after week as I was coming. Now, I was hearing all this because I'm involved in movie discussion circles and I have pundits who I listen to and I have friends who have seen the show. So I, having not seen any of the show at this point, was constantly hearing things about the show from all different sorts of people. And so I generally had, and of course, you know, you have all the Baby Yoda memes online. So it, it, it was unavoidable hearing some things about the show. So my excitement for the show was rapidly building up until I got to the point where I got Disney Plus and I started watching it. My overall thoughts, and I just finished the last episode today, so uh, I, I kind of, like, I did the first three, and then I took a little bit of break, and then maybe, like, a week later, did a couple more, and then a little bit more time passed, and I did the last two, you know, it, it was kind of staggered like that. I just finished the last episode of Mandalorian today, and my overall thoughts on the show are this. I think it is pretty uneven as a show. The quality episode to episode is uneven, but it ultimately amounts to being 
good. Now, I think there was only one episode that I would say was actually not, like, straight up not good. All the other episodes were varying degrees of good, and some were excellent, some were just pretty good. Uh, there was only one episode, which was episode 5, um, and I don't have the episode titles in front of me, but and I'm not going to give spoilers for the show. Not explicit spoilers, but I will give some context, um, because these are the same sorts of contexts that I heard uh, about the show going into it. Um, it was the episode where they go to Tatooine. Uh, it, it was, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't, I heard some people talking about how horrible it was, and that was just an absolute, you know, uh, train wreck of an episode. I didn't think it was that bad. It just, it just, nothing was happening. And there were two absolutely insufferable characters in that episode. And it's, that episode and the first episode, the pilot, were directed by Dave Filoni which are the two weakest episodes, in my opinion. And they both had, I think, the uh, episode five had two characters. And the first episode had the one character, the blue guy, in the very beginning. Three of the most insufferable characters that I, I've seen in a show of this magnitude or stature in a very long time. It was just, it was absolutely, like, agonizing to get through these characters because they were just so ridiculous they were just ridiculous and you could tell they were trying to be there for comedic effect and and the comedy was not working specifically with the blue guy in the in the first episode he was trying to like be cracking all the jokes and it just none of it was landing now it, it, it's kind of hard because in my head, I naturally want to go, oh, well, both of those episodes were directed by Dave Filoni, therefore the blame is on Dave Filoni. John Favreau wrote every single episode, as far as I'm aware. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I, maybe he didn't write one of them, but he wrote all of, if not, or he wrote most of, if not all of the episodes. So those characters came from John Favreau. Now, granted, Dave Filoni was the one who directed the actors to give that sort of performance that they did but the conception of the characters and the dialogue that they were saying that originated with John Favreau and so I'm a little bit puzzled as to how some of the other episodes the ones directed by Deborah Chow or the one directed by Bryce Dallas Howard or the one directed by Taika Waititi they don't have those degrees of insufferable characters but the ones that Dave Filoni did, despite it being written by John Favreau, does. Maybe it has something to do with Dave Filoni executive producing the show and working with Favreau on it. Maybe that's the case. I don't really know all the ins and outs of the production details or anything like that. But that episode, uh, episode 5, that Filoni did, the second one he did, was the only one that I would say was not good. The first episode was just okay. Like, it... it I'm kind of glad that I got Disney Plus later and binged it because if I was a person who got Disney Plus, spent the money, got it the second it released, and you know, while they have their catalog, the big draw of Disney Plus was The Mandalorian. Now, some people were, I, maybe some people were signing up only for the Jeff Goldblum show, or were signing up for Noel, their original movie. I don't think that was the case. But for the people coming to Disney Plus, looking for original content, they were signing up for The Mandalorian. 
And if I was someone who got Disney Plus the second it was available and watched The Mandalorian the second it was available and that was the episode I saw, I would be like, why the hell am I spending $8.99 a month for this? This is ridiculous. So I, I guess I benefited from being able to just kind of binge it all later because I was like, eh, first episode's not that great. Just move on to the next one, which was a lot better. So... Ah, that first episode was not very strong. And the fifth episode, like I said, was the only one that I think was bad. The first one had good parts. Like, while the beginning with that blue guy was horrible, the, the latter half of the episode was pretty strong. Uh, there was good setup work. The second and third episodes I really liked. And something I was thinking about, because I think I saw the first three episodes in a row, and then I took a little bit of a break from the show. The first three episodes felt like they could have been the first act to a movie. And then the, from there, once you have the setup of Baby Yoda kind of out of the way, and yes, I do know that it's not actually Baby Yoda, it's the child. Uh, it's not a younger version of Yoda, but that's just kind of what people are more commonplace referring to referring to it as. Uh, once the setup with Baby Yoda is there, that felt like that was kind of, could have been the first act of a movie. And so after that, I was thinking, well, maybe they should have turned this into a movie instead, because I think that would have had very interesting, like the whole part in episode two. And again, I'm, I'm not going to give spoilers. I'm just giving some sort of sporadic contexts throughout the series or the season. Rather, there's a whole big fight with the Jawas uh, and the Mandalorian that that it was great, uh, directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Uh, and oh, dope. Dope was the name of the movie he did, which was a very good movie, by the way. Um, but that episode he directed, that had great cinematic quality. And then you have the whole uh, continuation and follow through on the setup with Baby Yoda in episode three. And I believe episode three was Deborah Chow uh, who directed that episode. That felt like that could have been the first act to a movie. And so I was thinking, well, maybe they should have done this as a movie instead. I feel like that would have been interesting. And then from there... There's a few episodes, I think 4, 5, and 6 are just sort of isolated stories. Uh, episode 4 was the one that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard did, uh, where they go to the planet. Uh, it was called Sanctuary. That was my second favorite episode of the entire series. I thought, as a standalone story, as a story that was just encapsulated in its own thing, had its own setup, middle, end everything kind of isolated and separated from the larger ongoing part of the the series of the season. It was a great episode, and I thought Bryce Dallas Howard did a phenomenal job directing, especially since, as far as I'm aware, she hasn't directed anything before. And when you look at that episode, there are a lot of extras. And it's something that film fans and people when they watch something who haven't really stepped behind the camera before themselves uh, or overly aware of what work goes into making content like that. The amount of extras or the, the setting up scenes and things like that, those aren't necessarily things that fans, casual fans, think of. Um, now, I, I can't say that I have had an abundance of film experience. I've directed a couple of shorts uh, myself, but just from my limited experience, I can tell you that having uh, a whole 
slew of extras that you as the director are in charge of coordinating and making sure that they're doing what they need to do, that everyone in the background knows what they're doing and that everyone's working together and it feels cohesive. And when you have giant battle scenes for a first time director, that is just, that's, that's really hard to do. And it doesn't matter if it's a 30 minute episode of television or it doesn't matter if it's a feature film directing on that scale with those amount, those amounts of people. That's a really hard thing to do. I know for me, when I directed my first thing, I had two, three actors in a room. And that was hard. <laughs> two, three actors in one room was hard. Uh, when I, I directed a film called Sleep No More, which is still in uh, post-production. Hasn't been released yet, but when I have more information about it, I'll let you guys know. I directed a scene in a restaurant where we had some background extras, maybe total we we shot one person's uh one angle for one person and there were two people in the background there and then when we did the other side there were maybe four people in the background so we're talking about a collective total of six extras plus the three main characters and that was difficult for me <laughs> to try to figure out and do i i can't even imagine for bryce dallas howard having what probably was 50 60, 70 or so extras and main characters and you have all the visual effects and all that. What she was able to do with that episode I thought was phenomenal. So that I thought the fourth episode, Sanctuary, was my second favorite episode of the series. And then I already talked about episode five. Episode six was an interesting episode. Uh, I think it was called The Prisoner and it was like a like they broke in. Uh, he like the Mandalorian teams up with this gang of other guys and they break into a place and Bill Burr's in that episode. Bill Burr is someone who if you'd said, hey, would you put Bill Burr, the comedian, in a Star Wars movie, I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? Bill Burr does not mesh with Star Wars in any slightest way. But he was really good in the episode, and I thought the comedy... Because the, the, the risk you run with having a comedian like a Bill Burr in a Star Wars movie is that his style of comedy is not going to flow well with what's going on in Star Wars. And the comedy that he did have... Now, he was not in there just to be a comedic presence. He wasn't just there to tell the jokes and give all the quips and everything like that. He did have his jokes. But, first of all, his character felt organic to the story. and felt organic to the universe. And the jokes that he had also felt organic. It didn't feel forced in any real way. And so, I thought he was really good in the episode. Now, the, the episode was... It was a good episode overall. It could have been a little stronger. And it also, like, kind of like episode 5, it doesn't necessarily contribute to, uh, and 4 does this to the same extent, uh, doesn't really contribute to the overall story. It's interesting the way that the series, or this, I keep saying the series because it feels like it's over, but it's the season. Um, it's interesting the way the season is structured. Because you have the first three episodes are telling one story. And then you have another three episodes that are just kind of standalone stories in of themselves. And then the final two episodes wrap up the story from the first three episodes. So it, it's kind of interesting the way they structure it. There could have been a little more follow through all the way to make it a more cohesive season. But that time I got the word right. But um, that could have been done a little bit better. So that kind of falls on John Favreau, however. 
But, so yeah, so that episode was good. And then we get to 7 and 8. 7 was directed, I believe, by Deborah Chow. And then Taika Waititi did episode 8. 7 was a very good episode. It was it was mostly set up for the season finale. But 7 was a great episode. And then 8, the final episode, the season finale to Mandalorian, I thought was by far the best episode. Um, it just... Taika Waititi, he, I think out of all the directors that they had on that show, he was clearly the best director. And I don't think that's much of a dispute because he has a film right now, Jojo Rabbit, that's probably going to be nominated for Best Picture. He has a chance to be nominated for Best Director himself. I don't know if he will, and I don't necessarily think he will, but he has a chance to be nominated for Best Director. So I think out of all the directors... Uh, he clearly was the best director that they had on staff there. And his episode was great. The I loved the whole beginning with the two stormtroopers just talking to each other. I thought that was fantastic. I, I thought, you know, it, if you told me, you're like, hey, we're going to have the very beginning of this episode. It's just going to be back and forth between two stormtroopers. My first, I would be like, oh, they're going to fuck this up. They're going to have just a stupid dialogue between two, uh, the two characters, and it's just not going to work. And that would have been my first stop, but it worked well. The comedy was great between the two. And I don't know. Now, granted, the episode was written by Jon Favreau, but the comedy and the dialogue and the, and the, the quippiness between these two stormtroopers, that felt like Taito, Taika Waititi to me. Now, I don't know if maybe it was ab-libbed and they were coached by Taika, or if Taika did like like a rewrite of the dialogue for that scene. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. I'm not privy to all the back no uh, background knowledge of everything that happened behind the scenes. But that whole exchange between the two, I could have watched a whole Disney Plus series of just various different interactions and dialogues and conversations between Stormtroopers. There you go. Disney, take that idea, send me my mech, uh, my check in the mail, you can call it uh, Conversations with Stormtroopers, and have it as an anthology series where you just have conversations between different Stormtroopers all across the galaxy, there you go, send me my check in the mail, please. Um, but that, that interaction between the two of them, I thought it was really good, and I, I thought it was funny, and it was great, and you know, I think something that Star Wars has been trying to uh, get across lately, especially under Disney, is um, with the Stormtroopers, not the Clone Troopers from the prequels, but the Stormtroopers, they are people in, in costumes, in masks, in the suits. You know, with The Force Awakens, we got to see with Finn, uh, he was a Stormtrooper. And he was an actual person under that suit because a lot of the original trilogy the stormtroopers were just you know they were just the 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 hired guns they were just the soldiers and they were just there to shoot and miss the protagonist and then be shot themselves and what the force awakens did was it lifted the mask off of the stormtroopers and said no these are real people who have feelings and the rise of skywalker brought that in too and 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 built upon that which i re really liked about that movie uh, it built upon that uh, and showed these stormtroopers are people. Now, a lot of them are brainwashed and a lot of them are just following and they will be the soldiers and they are the hired guns and they are the ones who are just there to shoot and miss and then be shot themselves. But there are people under those helmets. 
And that was something that the beginning of the season finale did so well, was it showed these aren't just, you know, the, I'm the bad guy. It actually is a person under the helmet. And I it felt organic, and it was nice, and I liked it. And then Taiko Atiti plays the IG-11 unit. And as soon as that character comes out in the season finale, and it starts shooting people, it, oh my, it was great. I was, I was just like like cheering from from my couch watching the Mandalorian I'm sitting there with my coffee cheering it on um just that whole finale I thought was great the action in it was great the stakes were there I was on the edge of my seat the whole time I felt for the characters it it, it was a great finale and so ultimately my thoughts on the season like I said at the top uneven but ultimately good. It could have been better. Like, it could have been a stronger, more cohesive season. Uh, especially when they were planning it all in advance, when it was all written by one guy, by John Favreau, as far as I'm aware at this moment. Um, while it was all kind of done at the same time, and all, you know, it could have been more cohesive than it was. And it was only eight episodes, each of which were like 35, 40 minutes. It could have been tighter. It could have been shorter. I think you could have cut out episode 5 and you wouldn't have missed a beat. And it might have even been a tighter uh, season. So, hopefully these are some of the lessons that Jon Favreau learns when he goes into season 2, which we will be getting later this year. But, while it could have been more cohesive, while it could have been a little tighter, while some of the episodes could have been better than they were, overall, it was a good show. And I'm interested in season two. I'm excited. I am excited for the future of Disney Plus original series. I'm excited for seeing more Disney Plus series in Star Wars. I'm especially excited for the Obi-Wan series. Um, That I'm really looking forward to. And Deborah Chow is going, like I mentioned before, Deborah Chow is going to be directing, writing and directing the entire season of that show. And her episodes were some of the strongest. Now, my two favorite episodes, like I said, was the final episode, which was done by Taika Waititi, and then the fourth episode, which was done by Bryce Tiles Howard. Those were my two favorites. But probably right up there next to them would be the Deborah Chow episodes. And she did such a great job with her episodes that I'm very excited to see what she does with the Obi-Wan series. So, could The Mandalorian have been better? Yeah, it could have been better. But uh, I enjoyed it. While it had its low points, uh, I hope that John Favreau learns from the shortcomings of this season and gives us a strong season two. Uh, I like the character, the Mandalorian in general. I think Pedro Pascal, when he actually is playing the character, uh, I think he does a really good job. I like the supporting characters that they have, aside from the three insufferable ones in the Dave Filoni episodes. I thought it was a good season overall, so I'm not going crazy for it. Like some people are. There are some people out there who are just going nuts for the Mandalorian and saying it's one of the greatest things. I I wouldn't go that far. I think it's good. It's worth seeing. I don't know if I would recommend people spend the money to get Disney Plus just for the sole purpose of watching the Mandalorian. But I will say that I think it was a very good season. I'm very interested in seeing what they do with season two. And... I think I'm going to cut it here for film thoughts. Uh, In future episodes, I might go longer. I'll probably talk about a couple of different topics, but right now, I mainly just kind of wanted to talk about The Mandalorian a little bit, 
and like I did off the top, give some updates on the channel and everything as we are now in the new year. So thank you so much for listening to this installment of Film Thoughts. Um, I will have a more definitive date, or day of the week rather, when Film Thoughts will drop. Uh, right now, I just kind of, I finished Mandal- Mandalorian, and I wanted to talk about it, and I've been tr- plotting out and working on graphics and, and planning film thoughts anyway, so I thought, oh, why not just do the two uh, and merge them that way? But I will put out a schedule uh, for when film thoughts, when movie night tonight, and when the movie paradise show will drop every week. And it's a little bit still up in the air, mainly because um, I am actually starting a brand new job. And right now, I don't know what my schedule is. I don't know what my availability is. And so I'm kind of waiting until I know a little bit more of those details before I set in stone the three days a week in which Film Thoughts, Movie Night Tonight, and the Movie Paradise show will drop. But be rest assured, they will all come every week, uh, and they will have set dates once I have that figured out. So thank you so much for listening to Film Thoughts for those of you who do. Um, like I said, I'll let you know when the next one will drop, uh, hopefully some point, uh, early next week, we'll have another installment of Film Thoughts. Please, in the comment section, let me know, is there anything I can do differently with Film Thoughts, or any ideas of, of, uh, new things I can do with it, rather than just me rambling on about various things, because while that might be fun for me, it might not necessarily be fun for you, so in the comments, let me know what your thoughts on the show are, things I could do differently, things I could do to improve, please let me know, and I'll happily take all your suggestions, and if I think they're good suggestions, uh, so thank you so much for listening, be sure to like, comment, subscribe for more content, be sure to follow us on all of our various social medias, at movieparadise99, and tune in this week, later this week, movie night tonight will drop some point, and the Movie Paradise Show will be live on YouTube at Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The main topic we will be giving, Rob and I will be giving our predictions for the 2020 Oscar nominations. So uh, that will be interesting. We'll see who's right. Maybe neither of us will be right about anything. Maybe we'll both be right about everything, which can't actually be true because we'll have different picks but i guess we'll find out when the oscar nominations drop so thank you so much for listening uh and tune in for movie paradise show later in the week thanks for listening